My name is Dr. Eugene Wilkerson, and I'm the Dean of the School of Business at North Central. I'm excited to be your host for this podcast. Our topic today is research partnerships, creating a successful collaboration between students and faculty. I have three guests with me today, and we'll start by asking them to introduce themselves. Dr. Brandon, you're first. Thank you. I'm Timothy P. Brandon, just to keep me separate from all the other Timothy Brandons out there. Uh, please call me Tim. I, I was in the program uh, for PhD, uh, Business Administration, uh, with a project management specialization uh, from 2015 uh, through 2019. Uh, I retired from my 45-year professional project program and portfolio management practice in 2018 uh, to completely focus on my dissertation. I'm now working for the pleasure of helping others uh, to become better project managers by coaching, mentoring, conducting research studies like this one we'll talk about today, writing papers and articles, and speaking at virtual meetings, uh, webinars, and conferences. Thank you, Tim. Dr. Menefee, can you tell us about your background? Sure. Uh, my name is Stephanie Menefee. I have been at NCU for about three and a half years now. I started as a full-time professor, and that's how I met Dr. Tim. And now I am our uh, Associate Dean of Students for the School of Business. Dr. Allen, you're up next. Excellent. Uh, my name is Brian Allen. Um, I've been with NCU for about five and a half years. I came from industry. Specifically, my industry experience was in uh, information systems, but functionally, it covered a lot of industries and a lot of different experiences. Um, and I came to NCU and served in, uh, well, in a full-time capacity, I think at 5.4 years, if I think if I have to be exact, right, or five years, four months, if we're going to be exact. Um, and I am the lead of the DBA program. Excellent. Well, let's, let's start from the beginning with Dr. Brandon or Dr. Tim. Um, Tell us about your doctoral journey and, and why you decided to, to pursue a PhD. Well, um, I've always been a lifelong learner. Um, and after I took my BS in mathematics and computer science way back in 1972 when they had punch cards, um, I, I, you know, had, had mathematics uh, and computer science on my mind. Um, I had never even thought about project management. Uh, and so I was accepted to the NYU Courant Institute of Mathematics, thinking that was my path. Um, and, you know, was offered also simultaneously a position as an assistant data processing manager, as it was called in the in back in those days. And that all happened in 1973. So I hemmed and hawed for a while. Uh, and I was wisely advised uh, to pursue my career in computer science over a graduate degree in mathematics. Um, I survived surgery uh, about 40 years later, uh, you know, for a life-threatening condition. And at that point, I realized, hi, I woke up alive. It's time for me to realize my lifelong dream of a doctoral degree. So I took my MS in uh, information science and technology with a project management specialization uh, since I was doing that for a living now uh, back in 2014. And on the advice of my capstone advisor, 
uh, enrolled in the NCU PhD program in business uh, and project management. So that's how I find myself here. Tell us a little bit more about what led you to NCU. Why did you pick this institution? This institute, I was strongly advised that my capstone advisor um, said he had gotten his degree there. It was a life-changing experience for him. Uh, he had formerly been with NASA. So, uh, you know, he kind of knew what projects were all about. So I followed his advice. And then when I researched further, I realized that even though there were other opportunities uh, for a, for a, a degree, uh, it, it was time for me now to focus in on the business side uh, since I had been heavily IT oriented in my projects, even though I worked in all phases of business as I touched on them. Uh, so my, I wanted, I wanted uh, as I saw the project management discipline uh, becoming more of a pervasive skill set. And now, as I, we see with, with Agile, the product owners, you know, become just business plain old business people becoming uh, kind of newly born project managers, I realized it was time for me to, to become very familiar with uh, the language of business so I could speak with executives and decision makers at that level and also bring my expertise to, you know, my fellow uh, colleagues in the, in the project management practice. That, that's an excellent example of, of reskilling and, 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 and moving into a different area as your career evolves. Now, thank you for sharing that. Um, but, but I really am interested to hear more about uh, the, the research grant uh, that came from uh, NCU. Tell us about your research. Well, well, that was sort of a magic thing that, that Stephanie made happen out of the sky. She does that uh, numerous times in my career here at NCU. But basically... When I was defending my dissertation, I identified that there was a major failure mode um, in, you know, knowledge management processes and that transferring of, you know, experiential learning to other teams just wasn't happening, uh, even though it was all being captured and stored and, and sometimes being reused, but usually by people or teams that had stayed together. And so um, I identified that area as a further area of research. And literally, just as I finished my defense, um, both both Dr. Menefee and Dr. Allen kind of offered to partner with me to understand more about how project managers develop their expertise. So um, we decided to pursue that uh, just on our own. You know, I had, I was now retired, had plenty of time on my hands. I had two, you know, wonderful mentors in the in the university who had kind of steered me along my path all along, and it was, you know, their offer was just, uh, you know, I couldn't have asked for anything better. So we decided that we would look into the current state of project manager uh, competency and experience and how it affected the career development, um, and and we we found that there were ten uh, significant expertise factors half of them now called soft skills. And now I guess really we should call them human being skills and, and, uh, and another six um, hard skills or project management related uh, skills. Um, and, 
and uh, and that those those factors correlated with overall competency and project success. I won't go into all the details of that, but the other things we found were that there were common areas of strength and weakness um, that changed over time, uh, as one would expect, as as the the individual move from a sort of a novice to a competency to a, a proficient expert and master level. Um, and some stayed the same uniformly. Some were ephemeral. In other words, they would come and go as the individual progressed through those stages. We had a very large sample of 700 and some odd 69, I think, um, uh, participants. So we, we, we were pretty reliable uh, data and we proved that, you know, with all the quantitative methods. But the other thing that we found um, in talking with the individuals after our quantitative phase with Stephanie deleting the interviews, was there's a critical need for fast track training and hands-on experience for brand new project managers. Uh, I think we coined the term somewhere in our research, the accidental project manager. And, um, and unfortunately there's a book by that title, so we can't pursue that <laughs> as a further project. But anyway, um, the, the, the thing that was really interesting was that, um, you know, we, we saw like a need to return back to the apprentice system where, you know, someone was taken under the wing of an expert, allowed to get, you know, drown a little bit in the shallow end, and then, you know, be able to recover with their their uh, interest and willingness and their uh, reputation still intact to get better and better by trial and error. And um, the other, so the whole long-term goal was really to, uh, you know, provide project managers a way to quickly assess their skills and uh, and also to provide professional development considerations for project management leadership. So, so far we've submitted two quantitative papers for peer review uh, and one qualitative paper that's on its way soon. So looking forward to getting all three of those in there and, you know, pass the peer review cycle so we can truly celebrate. That is outstanding. And, you know, one of the things that I've, kind of learned throughout my career is that, you know, in some cases, folks start to think research is a very linear process. And, and, and in many ways, it's not. There, there are often challenges and deviations. Talk to us about maybe some of the research challenges that occurred. And how did you overcome those? Well, uh, I have to admit, and I, I ex- explain that to my chair, Dr. You know, Robin Butler, um, that you know, I chomp at the bit. I'm a project manager, professional project manager, and I have a, a bias for action and a need for speed, right? And, uh, you know, so I I really struggled with the pace of academia. I, at one point, I was calling it almost glacial, which is too, too extreme, actually. But for me, I had to cool my jets. I had to learn patience and tolerance for delay. Um, uncertainty uh, and change. While I while I still kept uh, the team focused on you know the the next steps right and and also at the the end state vision. So that was my major takeaway. Um, the research process sort of came uh, naturally. Of course, it was honed by experience with all of my 
my um, you know instructors or uh, professors at, at NCU. Um, and you know, I, I naturally do research and did a lot of research for my role as as a professional project leader. Uh, so um, I'd say that was it. Really, kind of learning to to pace myself uh, and look around a little bit rather than race down the path. Okay, talk to us a little bit about the role that Dr. Minifee and Dr. Allen played in in your research efforts. Um, how did that evolve over time, and 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 how did they help foster your success? Okay, great. Thank you. Um, well, let's see. We, we, uh, as I said, we, we pretty much agreed at the end of my dissertation uh, meeting to, to, to partner, which was serendipity. And, uh, you know, it was, it was great. He had, Brian had been my dissertation chair. He'd been pulled away to, to work uh, expanding NCU into China for a while there and then came back as my subject matter expert. And, and Stephanie, you know, she's, she was my professor for planning research and business and my number one champion. And I constantly thank her for that. Um, anyway, we, we reached consensus really quickly on what our problem was um, and, and how we would, you know, pose our research questions and, and, and agreed on a mixed approach to the study at the time. Um, so it was pretty easy to prepare the proposal for the funding from the graduate school once uh, Stephanie identified that opportunity and suggested, you know, kindly that I be named as principal investigator. Um, so, you know, from moving on, uh, you know, I, I agreed to take the laboring oar uh, since I was retired, had the time. And, you know, Dr. Menifee and, and Alan were, you know, they're swamped with their normal normal jobs. So they played advisors, collaborateurs. There were some areas where they took the laboring oar. Others were, you know, I, I would just pick up if they got swamped and move on. And the whole process was, it was a beautiful experimentation in, in uh, long distance, you know, virtual um, work from home uh, uh, collaboration using, you know, pretty standard tools. We had, we didn't use Slack or any of these other high tech tools. We just plain old vanilla e uh, email and, and text messaging uh, combined with uh, a fortnightly or every two week review meeting on Monday afternoons when it was convenient for everyone. And, and, uh, and finally we stored all of our final versions and deliverables in, in, uh, you know, a, a shared Dropbox repository. So all in all, we, you know, we, we settled in on our roles pretty, pretty quickly. Brian took the quantitative factor analysis role. I took the uh, quantitative regression analysis and, you know, PI and PM roles. And Stephanie took the interview and qualitative analysis role. And, you know, it has, it has truly worked. We, we've, we never really stepped on each other's toes, but we, you know, danced around together pretty easily. Excellent. Let's let's turn to to Dr. Minifee and and Dr. Allen. Uh, Dr. Minifee, let's start with you. As you noted, you're you're our associate dean of students in the School of Business. What advice do you have for current students who are interested in collaborating with faculty? How should they approach reaching out and expressing their interest in the research? Quite simply, I would say tell someone. <laughs> um, you know. We have a lot of students here at NCU who 
kind of long to do research. And I'm always sad when I connect with somebody who says, oh, I've wanted to do this for so long and I didn't know how to get out there. Um, at NCU, we have the one-to-one -one model where each student has unlimited direct access to their professors. And so that kind of lends itself to that kind of conversation. You know, if you're a student out there and you're really interested in breaking into the research portion of life, <laughs> um, say something, you know, and if, if your current professor isn't the person, then we are all connected to each other and that person can get you to somebody who can help. Um, you know, in, in our case with Tim, we, we, you know, I met Tim, gosh, almost three years ago now. And we, yeah, we just formed a bond. We got along really well. We worked together through his course really well. And um, he allowed me the honor and privilege of kind of walking, um, you know, through his dissertation with him. And so that's another way, you know, when you, when you find a professor that you connect with, keep that connection going. You know, I see hopefully uh, Dr. Tim and I and Dr. Allen working together even past these three papers, if we can. No, thank you. Um, can you talk a little bit about what programs um, that we have within the School of Business to help facilitate student research projects and maybe some of the things that you're thinking about implementing uh, in the future? Sure. So right now, we do have an independent research course that doctoral level students can take as an elective or a specialization. You do have to go through the dean's office for that, but it is available to all doctoral level students now. Um, within the School of Business, we're working on a more formal program for students who are interested in research, so they connect with professors, other students in their field. Some professors have contacts outside of NCU who end up being perfect matches for some of our students. And so we're working toward a more academic focused, general holistic program for students who are interested in that. And that should be launching within the next six months. Um, so thank you for anybody listening who is excited about that. <laughs> um, Thank you for being patient with us as we put it all together. Um, uh, Tim talked about the faculty research grant that we received. Our graduate school here at North Central University has an application process. Um, faculty do have to be involved in that, but it's, it's, a, it's a real grant and there is award money and it's a fantastic opportunity for anyone interested. There are also other grants out there um, and that's something that in this more formal program that we're working on for students, students will be able to learn more about grant opportunities in general. Um, but they're out there. There's money. There is free money that people want to give you to do research because it benefits them. So that's just a little bit about what we're doing. I want to turn to Dr. Allen here for, for a few minutes. Um, you're one of our most experienced professors when it comes to your time in the private sector, uh, corporate world entrepreneur. And, and in many cases, uh, folks may not always see the connection between, between uh, doctoral education and what it can mean for them in terms of, of their career uh, in either uh, as an entrepreneur or in the corporate world. Can you talk a little bit about your transition and, and what you think students can, uh, can bring to an organization with their doctoral education? 
Sure, that's a splendid question. You know, there's a there's a great book out there by Malcolm Gladwell where he talks about becoming a domain expert at something and he says it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert. And my my experience is that um, coming from a, an industry experience perspective uh, versus from a, a solely academic perspective is that I came with some understanding that was kind of inherently built in. And so as I uh, certainly, obviously, from my own education, as I have come in to be an educator, um, it allowed me to have a perspective where I could look at real world problems, find ways to to see those problems both at their particular level and then at a holistic level. But um, that experience allowed me to to process what I learned academically into solutions. And I, I think as we as we talk about students who come to enter our, our either a PhDBA program or our uh, DBA program, I'm obviously a fan of the DBA program. Um, the the reality is you come to build uh, the credentials, but most of that expertise, that domain expertise, it, you kind of already start with it and you use you use the skill set developed through an academic journey to be able to balance um, the emotional response uh, of situations and really apply an academic perspective. So you have the these great theorists out there who have who've come up with some really fantastic ideas to look and to uh, frame problems and having the, the dual capacity to look at that academic research, to look at real world solutions and marry those together in a, in a symbiotic uh, narrative and then ultimately offer solutions in the marketplace makes you a very, um, makes you a very powerful force in industry. Um, obviously, I, there are lots of people who come into, you know, to get a, a doctoral degree and their only intention is to educate. And I would argue that you can educate outside of an educational arena with you, those types of credentials. So I think it's, uh, um, for me, uh, coming from that corporate and entrepreneurial uh, bent and experience, and obviously my academic experience, I feel like it gives me a, a well-rounded focus and capacity to see and uh, offer solutions to problems. What advice would you have for uh, our alumni? Uh, I know we asked Dr. Menefee to, to speak to students. What advice would you have for some of our alumni who may be interested um, with their master's degree in coming back uh, to pursue their doctoral education or who have a doctoral education and, and want to get more involved in research? Well, wow, that's uh, two deep questions, and, and the first one. So let me start with those with uh, with the graduate education. So let's say they've got an MBA and they're they're considering uh, a, a doctoral degree. The first answer is absolutely do it. It's worth it. If you're even considering it, my recommendation is go for it. It it brings you up to a capacity uh, as the um, the holder of a terminal degree. It, we'll call it some gravitas, right? It, it gives you the 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 um, the weight that your ideas have value, and it also gives you the experience. Again, as I mentioned before, to look at those those academic and theoretical ideas and apply those in a real world setting, and say, you know what? Hey, this really works, and this doesn't work. Now, as far as as alumni who are um, 
who are uh, doctoral graduates, the thing that I will say is there's a there's a travesty that happens, and I and I don't know how to say that any other way. I think there are far too many uh, doctoral students who finish their degree, they walk across the stage, and then they shut down and shut off that learning experience, and that's a tragedy because those should be um, if you just take the numbers, you know, if you if you calculate that there's about two percent of the population, two-ish percent of the population that have terminal degrees, um, this should be among the brightest, most capable people in our society to offer solutions and resolutions to issues that plague our society. And whether those be disparities in representation of people across the broad spectrum of industries, whether that's um, changing things in policy and procedure, whether at the governmental level or even in business, you have the opportunity to make those changes. And research opens the avenue to make that happen. As we research, as we look at, at where there are disparities, where there are problems, guess what? We can make a difference. So my, my, my invitation for anyone is if you want the education, go for it. If you have the education, use it to the greatest advantage. And I'll, I'll borrow Dr. Harpool's, um, the he's the president of our university. Uh, I'll use the phrase he uses often. Um, the purpose of what we do is to improve the human condition. And that really is what you should think about in research. How will your research improve the human condition, whether in a business, or in society at large. And I think that really has to be the clarion call for wanting and desiring to, um, we'll, we'll say it this way, to get off your backside and go out there and just make it happen for yourself and for those around you. Make a difference. That's really what it comes down to. Well, well said, Dr. Allen. Thank you so much for, for that explanation. And you've really set us up for uh, to draw this to a conclusion for this podcast. And, and with my final question for everyone, um, and it leans into exactly what you said, what difference, uh, and this is open to, to everyone, um, what difference do you hope this research will make um, on the project management community, on, on, on corporate business society, however you want to answer it? Uh, we'll, we'll start with... Uh, 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 Dr. Minifee. So I, I just completed all of the interviews that we did and I'm a qualitative researcher. And so I have to say I'm partial to really getting to speak to people and learn from them, their perspectives on, you know, the question at hand. And I think that, m that my hope for our research is to help project managers, to, to help them kind of feel more at home in their roles, because it's actually a really important place to be sitting in the project management role. You have the opportunity as a project manager to make a difference in these projects, right? And so what I found is that level of experience and time in the specific arena, so level, experience, level of experience as a project manager, and then also time in a project management position in a specific industry or area. I hope that our research gives people the confidence 
to know that they are in a really important position and, and that they're doing their jobs well and that they can learn from one another and make an impact. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Allen, what, what are your hopes for the research direction? You know, it's funny, Tim and I talked about this early on. Um, obviously, my experience in project management, uh, I was a CIO for many years, hired project managers, um, managed many projects. And, and my experience, and, and I, I love the, the phrasing that Tim used, is having those human skills. Project managers typically um, uh, they um, many accidentally fall into their role. Um, and, and I think it is most often because they are proficient at, um, and I'll be very nice here, <laughs> they're proficient at minutia, but still have the capacity to see a holistic picture. And those, those folks tend to gravitate towards project management roles. And as you have so many folks that fall into these roles accidentally, they have they kind of come into them with a bit of a hodgepodge of skills and capacities and understanding and often have to learn um, official pm uh, pmi uh, you know standards pmbox standards uh, after the fact and get their uh, certification their pmp certification and and my i guess if i were to look at the grand scheme of what i hope we achieve with the research that we've uh, conducted and uh, eventually published here is one that managers hiring those folks look for the opportunities to to, to help them develop develop the skill sets, the people skills um, to be real human, genuine human beings who are interested in both uh, the fine detail and the whole picture of successful um, projects, but successful organizations and building people along the way. I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer that you have to build people along the way for projects to be successful. If you don't, um, you, you ultimately actually fail at your projects. So long-term, I think those things all have to be married together. And I, I see that as the, the real win from what we've done. It's being able to see where you stand, what will, um, in your own personal development, developing those skill sets to help you develop as a better project manager, but also if you're the hiring manager for those project managers, if you're the, the leader of them, how do you lead those project managers um, and portfolios of projects with project managers associated to success um, organizationally, but also individually for those, those folks in those roles? So that's what I hope to see long-term. Thank you. Um Dr. Brandon, Dr. Tim, bring us home. You're the PI for, for this project. What are your hopes? Well, my hopes, uh, as others have, have described, is that project managers find their place in the world. Um, they're often viewed as glorified administrators, uh, as people to be avoided because they ask all the hard, annoying questions. Um, and, and without having the ability to walk in the shoes of the people they work with and understand exactly what their motivations are, there's n they never have the opportunity to really get the team working together. Um, so I have to say that the major takeaway from this entire experience has has been that project managers never really intended to be a project manager, that they somehow, through their own 
drive, uh, knowledge in the subject matter area, and general organization get selected by others who see them. And um, only half of them actually get supported. Those that really come to the top of their game realize early on they can't cope with their experimenting, inventing new tools as they go, that they then need to finally learn the rules of the road. And then when it's time, throw them away. In other words, a project plan is only as good as the beginning of the project. It's constantly in a state of flux and you need to use every skill you've learned and all the things that you've heard, oh, sitting around at the watering hole uh, from others who've passed on tacit knowledge and then practice those in a real world environment in as many varied projects as possible to become facile, to be able to flow. And as one of my, one of the interviewees, I think described, you know, take the threads of all the things you've learned and form a fabric that wraps around the shape of any project or scenario you find yourself in. And that's expertise. Now, about 5% of these people went on to larger experiences and into other management roles. I really think that that's the true end path of a project manager because they've learned to integrate, they've learned to work with people, lead, provide vision, and support them along the way. That's, that's the definition of a leader in any community. That's all I have to say at that point. Well, Dr. Brandon, thank you for being a research leader, not only within this university, but within your industry. Uh, you're representing it well and, and the university well. Thank you again, Dr. Menifee, Dr. Allen. Thank you for mentoring our students and helping to facilitate uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, students uh, like Dr. Tim in, into making such a difference. I greatly appreciate it. To our listeners, thank you for joining us today. If you would like to know more about North Central University, please contact us at www.ncu.edu.